Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writing Easy, a podcast that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not very easy, and tries to make it less not easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Today, we discuss dissection. Mwahaha. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I always liked doing the dissection in biology class. I don't Maybe I'm creepy that way. Did you ever do that in bio? You had to... I did it. Dissect a worm or something. I didn't like it, <laughs> but I did it. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Like maybe because it was so concrete, like that I could understand what I was looking at. Yeah, that was really creepy. But I was a weird kid. But we're, now the dissections that we are doing are more, um, well, certainly less gooey and a lot less formaldehyde. Um, I am doing something right now where I am dissecting some books. This is it was something I'd mentioned a couple weeks ago. I don't remember when. Um, I have always had great insecurity about plot, about plot structure. Am I doing it right? Am I wrong? Am I getting confused? It's particularly with mystery because, you know, put the clues in the places and stuff like that. So what I have set myself the task to do is to dissect five books. Uh, I have completed two of them. And, uh, want to talk to you a little bit about what I've done about that. And Melissa, you have some... You have some input on that too, on my creepy cadaverousness. Well, like I was, I was inspired, and I thought I should be doing something. <laughs> so, hey, <laughs> so uh, you know, me being as super productive and and not wanting to write at all in December, uh, I took on the act of binge watching the entire series of Grimm, which is six seasons of uh, like 22 episodes each, but I have finished the entire series and I did like kind of dissect how the story arcs went um, and the character development. And I learned a couple of things. So it was a good beneficial process. Yeah. Totally justifies all the time. (laughs) you took. Absolutely. No question in my mind. I was working. (laughs) You were absolutely right. It off. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So this actually has been a really interesting experiment, really interesting experience. And I'm, like I said, I'm two books in, I'm going to do three more and I'm forcing myself to do it. Um, so what I, what I've done, and again, I'm, what I'm looking for in this necropsy or whatever, um, is I want to see how the mystery is revealed across the plot. You know, how does that happen? What are the different arcs? How are they paced? What different events happen? Because you see all these, um, I've read a lot of books, you know, about structure and this happens here, um, this, you know, and, and put this in this chapter and this chapter, and I've never been able to see how that works. And so now what I'm doing, by doing this, I'm kind of seeing it because they're books I have read once for pleasure. And now I am reading them again with this sort of exercise in mind. So I'm going chapter by chapter and just kind of summarizing what happens. So I write a a synopsis of each chapter and then I make a grid of, oh, and and for each chapter I put the first line and the last line and then what are some questions that that this chapter raises from a plot point? You know, like what what clues, what am I wondering about? Because those are always things that I'm worried about. I'm terrible at opening scenes. I've mentioned this before. Every scene starts with she sat, (laughs) like they're sitting somewhere. Um, and so I, I'm like, okay, let me take note of that. And then the closing image, I always thought that's interesting. So I put that in and then, you know, what, okay, so what are we wondering about now? What are we wondering about now? 
The two books I've done so far are Careless and Red by Elizabeth George. And I picked that one because Elizabeth George wrote a book, the name of which is not coming. I think a writer's process, a writer prepares. Oh, no. An actor prepares. That's something else. Um, where she talks about how she wrote the book. So I was like, oh, that'll work well. And then I've uh, done Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie by Alan Bradley because I really like that too. So would you like to know some of the things I found? I, I do. I want to know. The murderer in the first book. No. A um, couple things that I, so far, is that the ratio, the, the amount of plot that is given over to the solving of the mystery is a lot smaller than I thought. I had I had thought, you know, that it was all plop, 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 all, all, you know, clues, clues, solve, solve, Mr. 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 Mystery. And for these two, at least, it's not really the case. It's It moves things along, but really every... Every arc has been about, and you'll be surprised to hear this, character relationships. <laughs> Who knew? What? Yeah. So I would, you know, the arcs I found were always, how is this person's relationship? You know, these two people's relationship change. How did these two people's relationship change? Um, and learning about their relationship based on the, the clues you discover for the mystery. Uh, so the actual mystery, while it's there, it's not... It's not actually a center stage as much as I thought, you know, because it's because it's the thing that drives it. So while you're reading, all you're wondering about is, oh, yeah, yeah. How does this tie into the mystery? But then when I'm looking back with different eyes, I'm seeing you know, we spend a whole chapter on just, you know, this person, how they have lunch and who their friends are and 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 stuff I'm like, OK, that that helps because you know, that's a little more natural to say I can I could write about characters interacting with each other. That's great. That's easy. Um, it's not so much a puzzle of. you know i was figured it's like this very detailed puzzle i had to have to create and it's not that much and these are to clarify though these are like traditional mysteries they're not this is not thriller this is not i don't know if you would call it suspense right like these are these are both cozies yes they're mysteries a little to the cozy side um one they're actually interesting both set in england uh one's present day england the other one is uh post-world war ii england um, they're both very character driven. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I saw was just really the relationships are the most important things and the biases that people have. And that's why they see the clues. And and now that I'm talking about it this way, it sounds so completely confusing. Like as I'm explaining it, I it does. It's like it sounds like, oh, my God, how how will I ever I ever put that together? I don't know. But by seeing it in black and white i made a grid in excel but like i put the you know the chapters across the top and then the arcs across in the rows and point out where the clues are and i can really see from a high level thing what's happening and and then it makes sense to me mm-hmm. i encourage doing that visual plotting like we call it storyboarding um or breaking a story and screenwriting terms. But there is mm-hmm. something about like having postcards, having a grid, having something where you can like list out the beats and you can draw lines mm-hmm. and connections and or color code and start to see how things yeah. evolve in each chapter. Um, specifically like where there's scenes that are doing double or triple duty, right? And, and, and good writing mm-hmm. has that where you have one scene and it's affecting multiple plot lines and multiple yeah. like building relationships and revealing history all in the same scene. So it's like helpful to tie in like what are those scenes and how are they 
how are they doing that? How are they writing it? And much more later in the book that they come together. You have that that happens a lot more later in the book that I've observed. I also observed this for me. I didn't see it was very difficult for me to point out act breaks. Now, I know in screenwriting, it's a lot more rigid. You have to have act breaks. There's a real specific rhythm to it. Um, but I was always like, act one, act two, act three. I'm like, and, and looking at this, I don't, they, for me, at least they're not coming up as strong, strong structural elements. I'm just not, it, it's not, they're not standing out to me. It doesn't say that they're not there. It doesn't say that, um, Alan Bradley didn't create a big, strong act break and he knows exactly where the acts break and I didn't see him. That reveals to me also, okay, well, this is what's important to me. This is the things I need to put into place when I'm doing my writing. I'm probably not going to worry about the act break so much because mm-hmm. um, they just don't seem to resonate with me. And I, there's no no earthly, earthly way I would have seen that when you're reading for pleasure. You just, because it's, it's like standing in the audience and standing backstage. Yeah. And it's not even just because I've read it once. I think it's just because I'm writing things down. I'm using a different part of my brain. I'm being more analytical about what I see. Um and I'm making myself do it more than once because that's the other thing is I would always do a little bit and you're like, oh, I got it. And then I would run off and go back to write. I'm like, no, I'm doing the whole book and I'm going to do five whole books. And I owe it to myself. This is part of my own education. This is part of my own um, my own training for my my trade. So, again, I'm justifying it, but there you are. <laughs> So what have you what did you learn from from your time with Grimm? Besides apparently that Grimm's an amazing series. <laughs> That's mostly amazing. Um <laughs> You know what? So I had a big revelation. Usually when I do this, I do something like you're talking about where I will sit down with a pen and paper and pause the video multiple times and write like this is what mm-hmm. happened. This is the scene and I will just sort of break down an entire episode. It takes usually twice as long (laughs) as watching the episode. And I will do that for two episodes, maybe three, if I'm doing like a spec script of that series. And then I'm done and I never look at it again. And so Mm -hmm. this time I decided not to do that. I was just like looking at the overall arc of a show. And what I realized is like Grimm is a very interesting show because it is a monster of the week type show. It's very Mm -hmm. sort of classic we have a case, we solve the case, we move on, but it does have a slow burning like series arc and season arc. Um, you know, it was launched when we still had the like sweeps week <laughs> like, <laughs> going on. So you could tell where those are happening, which was fun. Uh, but what I learned most was about setup and payoff. And um, I tend to be a very fast paced writer and I want to get all the good stuff in as quickly as possible and I just want to do all the fun stuff but yeah there's something about like creating that tension and that suspense over multiple episodes and making sure that the scenes whether if they're going to be in the finale or if they're going to be in sweeps week that those are memorable and satisfying for the audience and so Mm -hmm. I started to think back to like how I plot and how I outline and I think this even goes to the mysteries that you're talking about is like when there's pivotal scenes and moments that you want people to remember and really emotionally connect with, whether it's the death of a character or um, them overcoming a villain or discovering something or revealing a secret, like 
you have to do all of the proper setup to make that reveal mm-hmm. worth it. And so I started thinking about like, am I doing a good enough job yeah. setting up those moments? Or am I being really deliberate and saying like, this is the moment, this is the scene that is going to be the yeah. payoff that I want people to remember. And am I giving myself space and time and developing the relationships and creating the tension along the way so that that is satisfying? Yeah. And, and the the only way you see you see that is if you're writing it down. Yes. That's very cool. Now, without spoilers, what can you can you give some? I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can give examples, be more specific without spoiling anything. Um, I think I can. I mean, there are moments where, like, the, the obstacles that the characters are facing repeat. Like, they come back. And so, mm-hmm. like, if you have a breakup in the beginning and you have this sense of betrayal and you understand who this character is and what they want, and then that same theme repeats in later episodes and that same mm-hmm. theme repeats again in later episodes each time that sort of conflict happens it feels more and more painful right because mm-hmm. you understand their journey and like how significant that act of betrayal is particularly for them who's already had this baggage of like a mm-hmm. similar thing i've seen this in other shows too where like you know, you're using even the same lines or similar language and it feels yeah. a little uncanny, but you're like, oh, of all the things you could have said, you said yeah. that. <laughs> and like, that's payoff. Like, that's deliberate setup of like, we're going to make sure that they understand like how, you know, traumatic this is because we're going yeah. to let you experience other loss in other places or we're going to develop and deepen a relationship so that when we take that character away, sadly, yeah. when you take that character away, you feel it because you know how precious that relationship was to that person. And giving yourself the time to set that up, yeah. to say, all right, I'm going to show this relationship building. I'm going to show this this thing happening in the past. Trust me, it's going to pay off. Just trust me. You know, that that can uh, can take some doing. And to see it done well, you can then learn from that. Or even like surprises, like a lot of TV shows will have um, reveals where like, you know, as an audience, you know, the secret they're hiding, especially like supernatural and fantasy, mm-hmm. right? We know like this person has a magical ability. This person is a superhero who's going to discover their identity, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to pay that off, that reveal off to the best friend or to the the partner or whatever, whoever it is, like you have to have all of these instances where they kind of almost catch them and don't right like you have to have these instances where they have these opportunities to reveal the secret and they don't and each time you do that it builds the tension and sets up that payoff scene when it actually happens because eventually it will yeah and it's delicious (laughs) when it happens i just want to say i'm going to not do any spoilers but um i will say the mandalorian did that amazingly well um binge that i just we i just watched the season two finale last night and that was that's a that's a um a master study in exactly what you're talking about in payoff and build up and why this thing means something and you earn it from the whole series so yeah earn it like i think that's something that i don't always do i like i create those moments but i haven't earned it i haven't Mm -hmm. built I haven't given myself the time and space. Um, Now, granted, I'm not working on a TV show right now where I have the opportunity to make 
100 episodes or 10 episodes. But in in a novel, I think you could do the same thing, right? You have as many pages as you need to tell the story. And I think there's always this rush to do everything in the first chapter and the first, you know, start with action. And it has to be like, you know, page turning and super, you know, fast paced. And that's not always the case. And rushing some of those um, big pivotal moments doesn't always help your story. Yeah. So I think what... Uh, just to kind of wrap things up, partly because my computer is starting to get really unhappy with me. Um, but uh, I think what, what the lesson we could take from this is to don't be afraid to take apart the things that you <laughs> to destroy the things you love. But no, if you see something that's done well, go back and, and take the time to dissect it, to, to write down what's happening here. Look at it from a different perspective. It's not enough just to, to take it in as a reader. Um, you have to... You have to, to sit down with it and, and really get in there. Um, take the time to do that, to, to see how it works, to look under the covers and, and get a good understanding of what makes it work. And th- in doing that, you will become a better writer yourself. Yep. Excellent. Well, I think we're going to wrap up before my computer dies. Um, so if there's nothing else to say, I will just, uh, you know, everyone remember that writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye, everyone. Bye.